Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He is worthy and He is holy. Welcome again to Connections. If this is the first time that you've been with us, we're so glad that you are here. We're missing some folks this morning. Not sure exactly what you did with them. Uh, Corey and Kaylee are on vacation, um, spending a little time in Atlanta. And uh, Pastor Robert and Tiffany and his family are on uh, vacation, and they're down in Charleston today. And amongst other people who usually sit on the front row, apparently, are going on vacation. So um, I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that God's here. Amen? Amen. It's just a little bit... Loud, Jordan, thank you. If you've got your handouts, get those uh, out. I left you plenty of room on the back of the handout. Now, a pattern has developed, so I'm going to have to do something different. Because now, every time you come to church and see there's nothing on the back, you know who's about to speak. So now I'm going to have to change my ploy so that I throw you off your, your game. I'm trembling inside about El Paso, Texas. Not in a fear of God's not in control, not that kind of trembling, but just the impact that that has on a community, the impact that that has on people's lives, the fact that they were at Walmart and 20 people are now gone because of the careless act and mindless act of an individual. It just blows me away. I don't know where you were on 9-11. Most of us that were of a certain age could say exactly where we were and exactly who we were with when that hit. And even though that was much more of a tragedy from the aspect of how many people were involved and how much news media coverage it got, this is just as much of a tragedy. And it just goes to show us the importance of the things that we do. If you weren't here with us last Sunday, we, we announced at the end of our service that we would, going forward, have a, a, a uniformed law enforcement officer on the property. And as you saw when you came in today, uh, he is here. And I would like to uh, welcome and thank Officer Lale for being uh, here with us today. And that will be an ongoing uh, presence, if you will. Again, as we said at the end of the service last Sunday, not that we fear what man can do to us because this book says that I shouldn't do that, but that we should be as prepared as we possibly can be. And so I thank Officer Lale and our law enforcement professionals who are here uh, with us on 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 a weekly basis. Would you give them a round of applause, please, this morning? I'm just troubled because I know that it impacts lives. But then on the other hand, I, I see that and I see that as a sign. I see the evil in the world as we talked about in our connect group on Wednesday night. The bad things that happen that we don't understand that are mindless acts. But I see those as a sign of the times. Jesus is coming back. I don't know what that does down inside of you, but Jesus is coming back. And I worship him for that today. I worship him for that. 
I've got a lot of scripture for you today. We are starting off on our, a new series, as you see on the front of your handout, called I Am. And it's on the screens in front of you. What an impactful couple of weeks this is going to be through the month of August. As we talk about I Am. I want to go to Exodus chapter 3. And they're going to put that up on the screen for us. And I want us to see Moses. And I want us to see what he's, what he's doing here. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Hold that scripture on the screen if you would, and let me talk to you for just a minute about the amazing thing that just happened there. What Moses said is in parentheses, generally meaning that he said it out loud. It's something that was said. And so I was talking to Joseph this week about this verse, and I said, the amazing thing for me in this is that Moses is pretty much by himself. We don't know if there was anybody else there, but Moses is out here on this mountain by himself with the flock, and he's walking along, and all of a sudden he sees a bush that's on fire, but it's not being consumed. That would be a little alarming for most of us, right? It would just be alarming that the bush was on fire, I would think, much less that it was not being consumed. But then he said out loud, I believe, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush does not burn. That just blows me away that he would say that out loud. But have you ever been at a time in your life when you just said something out loud and realized you were the only person standing there? But it was just so impactful. It was, it was something about it that was just so big in that moment that it just comes out of your mouth. He says, I'm going to turn aside and I'm going to see this great sight. Why this bush is not burned. Why isn't this bush being consumed? What is going on with this bush? But don't miss the fact that Moses turned aside. You see, Moses was on course. He was headed somewhere. He had the flock and he took him to the back of the mountain. He was headed somewhere and noticed that this bush was not being consumed. And he stopped to see what was going on. He turned aside. I want you to underline that circle. Write that down. Write it on your neighbor's hand. Whatever you need to do this morning. Because here's what needs to happen. Some of us are so dead set on a course that we won't stop and turn aside. We've got our agenda set. We know exactly where we're going. We have it all put together. And we don't stop and take the time to turn aside and see that there might be a bush on fire, but it's not being consumed. If you are in a place in your life where you've got everything ironed out, you should really take a look at this scripture. We, you should study this this week. You should look at the fact that Moses diverted his course from where he was going and he turned aside. And then in verse 4 it says, So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Now don't miss the fact that it was when God saw that Moses had turned aside 
that had gotten off the course he was on and stopped to look that God spoke. You may just glance over that when you read this in scripture, but it hit me this week that God might not want to talk to us until we take time to turn aside. Does that make sense? Wait, we've got to stop sometimes, put our agenda to the side, and focus on what God has put in front of us. So I have a lot of folks that will come and, and speak to me and they'll, they'll say, I want to have coffee, Pastor, and we'll stop to have coffee. And they'll say, I just, I can't hear God talking in my life. One of the first things I always ask, and you know this because I've said it before, is how much time are you spending in God's Word? Because this is how He speaks to us primarily. But the other part of that is, are you willing to stop in the midst of everything you've got going on and, and see about this burning bush? Because when you do that, when you show that act of obedience to God, it says he, he called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, another mind-blowing thing, that God would call Moses by name. How many times have we missed it? Because we've been so dead set on our course that we didn't stop to look at the bush that wasn't being consumed by the fire. So therefore, we didn't hear the voice of God calling to us. Moses, Moses, or fill in the blank, your name, your name. We've got to stop and we've got to, to look. He stopped and he turned aside. He verbalized what he was doing. Let me stop and turn aside and see why this is. And Moses then responds and says, here I am. Here I am. I love the fact that he, again, verbalized that. He hears his name and says, here I am. And then God proceeds to tell Moses to remove his sandals because he is on holy ground and, and proceeds to lay out a plan that he has for Moses to go to Egypt and to be the mouthpiece. And many of you know this, this account of God to Pharaoh. He says, you're going to go to Pharaoh and, and, and you're going to talk to Pharaoh and you're going to release the captive children of Israel there and bring them to the promised land. Moses then says to God, who am I that I should go and do this? And God says, continuing down in verse 13, I'll be with you, so don't worry about it, God says. And then he says, then Moses said to God, indeed. You see that word indeed in there? Moses committed to doing it at that point. This is where he said, all right, God, I'm going. That's another point there that some of us miss along the way is that we never commit to going. We, we may even stop and see the burning bush. We, we may see that it's, it's, it's burning. We may hear God call us by name. And we may say, here I am. But then when God says, I need you to do this, we never commit to it. We never verbalize it. We kind of say, well, let me put a fleece out on that. Some of the Christians speak. Let, let, me, let me pray about that for a while, God. Let me see what, what happens. I've got a few things going on in my life. We've got to commit to what God is asking us to do. And, and Moses does that. He says, indeed. Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Moses is picturing this whole thing in his mind. These people have been captive in Egypt for hundreds of years, and God's telling Moses, I need you to go. And Moses says, I'll go. I'm, I'm, I'm your man. But let me ask you a question, God. When I get there, and they say, who sent you? What shall I tell them? Who shall I tell them sent me? 
In verse 14, God says to Moses, I am who I am. Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. This entire book, this entire revelation of of Jesus Christ and this entire book that we base our lives on is revealing to us who Jesus is. You get that, right? It's not just a book of stories. It's not just a book of historical events. It's revealing to us who Jesus Christ really is. It's a miracle that we even still have this book. It's a miracle after all of the, the things that have gone on in the world to try to get rid of God's word that we still have, where we can put in our laps, that we can pull up on our devices, God's breathed word. It's a miracle. And so when God says to Moses, I am who I am, you tell them I am sent you, We have a responsibility in that to understand what he's talking about. What does he mean by I am? What what is all involved with I am? And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the, the I am statements in God's word. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. Statements that we find in scripture. It's just... A responsibility, like I said, that we should know what these I am statements, that we should put the study time in, that we should understand in our, in our minds and in our hearts exactly what he's talking about. Now I want to take you, if you would, to John chapter 10. In John chapter 10, Jesus says... Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up by some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Sheeps and shepherds are something that's not as commonplace to us today as it was in Jesus' time. But he makes this bold statement in John chapter 10 that he is the great shepherd. And to them that made more sense than it does to us American Christians. To them they were understanding of the whole concept of shepherding and and what sheep needed. They also knew the scripture. And back in Ezekiel chapter 34, which they were pretty familiar with, they understood there that that there were some things that shepherds were, were deficient at doing. Back in Ezekiel 34, and you'll go back and look at that this week, God says that the shepherds that were there in Israel weren't taking care of their flock. They weren't feeding their flock. They weren't going out to find those who were, that were lost. They weren't healing those that were sick. They weren't 
mending broken bones on sheep that were broken. But here in this passage, in John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the great shepherd. You see, Jesus came to fulfill all those things that weren't happening. Jesus came to, to, to heal those who needed healing, those that were sick. He came to mend the broken bones of those who were being broken. Jesus came to go and seek out the sheep that were lost and couldn't find their way back into the fold. So when Jesus in John chapter 10 talks about, I am the great shepherd, the picture that they all had in their minds and that I'll put in yours is of, a, of rock walls that surrounded a cave on a mountainside. And those rock walls were a barrier for the sheep. And the sheepfold, as John says in, in John chapter 10, was this large area of these rock walls that contained this cave opening. And what would happen is that if you were a shepherd and you had a certain amount of sheep, let's say you had 35 sheep that you were tending to that day. When night came, when your shift was over, there's no way out on the hillside, out with no protection, that you could keep your sheep safe. So what do you do? You bring your sheep to a sheepfold. You take them over to Jerry's sheepfold. And you say, I've got 35 sheep I need to keep protected. And Jerry opens the door and your sheep go in. And your sheep stay in there all night long, along with a bunch of other sheep. They're all just kind of mixed together and it gets pretty cold in Israel and in the evening up on the mountainside. And so the sheep kind of huddle together. They go, some go in the cave and they get real close. Have you seen sheep do this? Most of us haven't seen a whole lot of sheep unless we were at a petting zoo and we don't know any shepherds. But they huddle real close and they protect one another. And inside the barrier of the rock wall in the cave with the, the, the guy who's, who's watching the whole thing, there's protection from the night, from the wolves, from everything that would come to, to do them wrong. And so in the sheepfold, there's protection and there's safety. And then the next day, when your shift starts up again and you go back to the sheepfold, you come to the, to the sheep gate. As a matter of fact, John continues in chapter 10 and says, everybody who comes in any other way other than the sheep gate is a thief and a robber. So if you're back there sneaking over the wall, you're not doing good. You're actually doing bad. You're, you mean ill intent. You're going over the wall. You're a thief and a robber. So that's not the way you do it. You come to the gate and you say, I'm here to get my sheep. And the gatekeeper says, go ahead. And you call your sheep by name. And your sheep know your voice. And they come. And the, and the sheep that just belong to you, it's an amazing thing. They come out from the sheepfold. They come out from the cave. And as you walk, they follow you. So when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, the picture that everybody had in their minds when they heard him say that was... The shepherd who would come and would call them by name and that they would come out and that they would follow. As we go to verse 11 of, of chapter 10 there in John, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You see, contrary to the shepherds in Ezekiel chapter 34, Jesus gives his life for the sheep. He doesn't let them be hurt. He doesn't let them not be mended. He doesn't let them not be fed. He gives his life. But a hireling, he continues, he, is, he who is not a shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, 
sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. See, there's some ownership there with Jesus. He says, I'm the good shepherd and because there's an ownership relationship here, I'm not going to leave when trouble comes. I'd write that down if I were you. I'm not going to leave you when trouble comes. I'm not a hireling. I'm not just here as a job collecting a paycheck. There's some ownership here and and I'm going to be there for you. I'm not going to be a hireling that flees when the wolf comes. The hireling, he continues in verse 13, flees because he is is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my sheep. This hit me this week that he knows his sheep. Do you know how important that is in Christianity for us to grasp that concept? That he knows who we are. From creation, prior to creation, before we were knitted together, Psalm says, in our mother's wombs, he knew who we are. He knows us all by name. And so he says, I am known by my sheep and I know my sheep. There's a relationship there. I'd write that word down too. There's a relationship there. Sheep and shepherds had this relationship where those sheep wouldn't follow anybody else no matter what. They would ignore anybody else that came up to call them. I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and I'm known by my sheep. As the Father knows me, even so, I I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, by the way, that's you and I, because he was talking to Jews, and we're Gentiles. He says, there's other sheep that are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And there's the unity of the New Testament of Jesus Christ. There's one flock. There's no longer Jew and Gentile, no longer male and female, no longer races. He says there's one flock and one shepherd that we can belong to. This verse has that description of Jesus as the good shepherd is in sharp contrast to the shepherds that weren't doing their jobs. In in, in these verses, Jesus gives his life for the sheep. He lays it down voluntarily. He lays it down willingly. He gives his life. Jesus protects the sheep. He will not allow anything to come to harm and, and, and do them wrong. He protects his sheep. Jesus cares about his sheep. A lot of us go through life and we have certain times in life where we just feel like nobody cares. We can find value in the fact that we know that Jesus cares about the sheep. Jesus knows his sheep. He called Moses by name. He's called you by name. He's called me by name. He he knows everything about you and calls you by name to be a sheep of his pasture. And Jesus is well known by his sheep. How well do you know Jesus? How well do you know Jesus? And then let's turn that the other way and say, how well does Jesus know you? As we talk about a lot in different connect groups and different settings, it's that relationship thing, not only with people on earth, but that vertical relationship that we can have with Jesus that, that makes all the difference in our lives. So what do you know about Jesus? 
Well, I know that he was the son of God. I know that he went to the cross and died. Uh, I know that he was resurrected. All true. All important. Super important items. But what do you know about him personally? What do you know about his attributes? What do you know about this great shepherd who so desperately cares about you and, and lays his life down for you? If you compare what you know about Jesus to the things that you know about your spouse or your children, how offset would those lists be? And yet this is the one who laid down his life for you. This is the one who gave it all for you. This is the one that won't let you down and, and isn't going to leave you or forsake you. The good shepherd. I want you to watch a video. It just absolutely amazes me about shepherds and sheep as we end our time together. One more time. time do you think that shepherd spent with those sheep? Do you think that shepherd cared for those sheep? Do you think any of those sheep had ever been sick? And that shepherd had come along with whatever the appropriate medicine was for those sheep? I do. I think when one of those sheep that's part of that flock wanders off and it was in danger, I think that shepherd went after that sheep. And because of that relationship, because they knew him and trusted him and knew that he cared for them, knew that he would lay down his life for them if need be, when he called, they listened. The other voices in the crowd that were even mimicking the sound that no doubt he had showed them or told them, here, try this, this is the noise, this is what they respond to, they completely ignored those voices. But when they heard his voice, 
They perked up. The question I would have for all of us this morning is, how well do you know your shepherd? You see, Jesus came and said, I am the good shepherd. You don't have to look for any other shepherd. You don't have to interview for the job. I am he. I am, he said, the good shepherd. How well do you know him this morning? Without Jesus in your life, you're lost. You have no hope. You have nothing to lean on. You have nowhere to go. You're wandering. But with Jesus in your life, you have someone who cares about you and is guiding you and is protecting you and taking you to the sheepfold and protecting you while you're there and and calling you out and caring for you. I would encourage you this morning, if you're not in relationship with Jesus Christ, that is the first thing that you need to be doing. You need a shepherd. You have to have a shepherd. As a matter of fact, I'll put it like this. You're following somebody. You may not be following Jesus, but you're following somebody. You may be following your own selfish ambitions, your own selfish desires. All those things are of this world, and they all lead to death. Only if you follow the shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus, does it lead to eternal life. And then I would ask you this, how well do you know him? How well is that relationship with you and Jesus? How well do you know his voice? We're so easily distracted. We're so easily distracted by the news media and the political realm and all of the things that go on in our lives. And we hear chatter all the time. Calling to us. Come over here, do this. Go over here and see this person. Go down this path. Go down this road. But do you know his voice? Do you know the voice of Jesus? And are you listening for it? Are you responding to it? As you close your eyes and bow your heads with me. It's just been super short today. Let's just kind of get to the point. And the point is, we all are running out of time. Jesus is coming back. And we need to make sure today, before we leave this place, that we know the Good Shepherd. He stood with authority when he said, I am the Good Shepherd. The people he was talking to knew how that statement impacted their lives. You see, just a few chapters earlier, I think it was in John chapter 6 or 8, Jesus was talking to some Jews who were questioning him and looking for a reason to put him to death. And he made the same bold statement. He said, I am. And they knew he was making a bold statement. Now, they didn't believe it, and they turned from it. As a matter of fact, they picked up stones to stone him because of it. But that's how bold the statement is that Jesus makes. I am the good shepherd. I will care for you. 
And so is there anybody here today that would say, Pastor, I, I'm sort of wandering aimlessly. I don't know where I'm going in life. Stuff's so out of sorts. I've been hurt so many times, broken, hungry. Nobody's feeding me. Nobody's taking care of me. I'm just lost. Is there anybody here this morning that would raise their hand and say, Pastor, don't forget about me in this time of, of prayer before we leave this place. I don't want to be lost anymore. I need a shepherd. Anybody? Anybody need a shepherd this morning? Amen. See, we don't have to be lost. We don't have to stay in that circumstance. We don't, we don't have to be in that condition because there's an answer. And it's Jesus. Is there anybody here this morning that would say, I know Jesus and I know who he is. I know about him, but I don't know him personally. I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I, I don't know him and I'm not sure he knows me. And I want to change that this morning. Would you pray for me, Pastor, before we leave here? Anybody wants that relationship to be deeper, better? Anybody at all? Yes, yes. What about the voice? What about the shepherd's voice? Do you know that voice? Can you separate out his voice from all the other voices that are calling to you? Wouldn't it be nice if he would help all of us today to hear his voice a little more clearly? Help our ears to hear a little more attentively and help us to be able to discern his voice. Does anybody want that in the room? Would raise a hand with me, a mind's up, and say, I want to hear his voice more clearly. I want it, that guidance in my life. Yes. I'll tell you what, would everybody just stand with me across the room? It's so important It's so important that if we feel something stirring inside of us, that we respond to it. Amen? I'm kind of going to go this direction because this is where youth generally is, but I know there's some scattered throughout the room. But it's so important that while we're young, we respond if we feel something. Because I'll tell you what that something is. It's the Holy Spirit of God pricking our conscience and, and pricking our, us to, to move and to, and to do something. And that, that goes for everybody in the room, those of you who would be watching on Facebook this morning. If you feel something, now is the time to respond. Don't delay. Don't wait. Don't, don't think, well, I, I've got to get some things straight in my heart and in my life before I can, can, can come to Jesus. No, that is lies. Jesus is doing his work in you now. And so I would simply encourage if you raised your hand for any reason or should have raised your hand and didn't, will you come down here with me? I want to pray with you. I want to pray over you. Come on, just move. Don't think about it. Just do it. Jesus, the great shepherd, wants to do something in you. He wants to care for you. He wants to feed you. He wants to mend the brokenness in you. He wants to find you if you're lost this morning.
the great thing about the great shepherd is he will not fail he cannot fail it would be contrary to who he is to fail you right now anybody else want to hear his voice stronger in their life want to be more attentive come on Now I need some people to come with them. I don't need them to be here by themselves. I need some, some praying people to get with these that have come down here and pray that God would do in them today what he wants to do in them. Whatever it is that they need. As we spend some time in prayer, I want to encourage you who are still in your seats out there to extend a hand this way and be praying. Just pick somebody or somebody's out of the crowd and just be praying for them. You may not know their name, but you can call their shirt color. You can call their hair color. You pray for them. You ask God to do his work in their lives. Do it now. Let's pray. Jesus, our great shepherd, we love you this morning. There's none like you, God. And in this moment, we yield what we thought we were going to be doing, and we stop as Moses did, and we pull off to the side, and we we hear your voice. And we pause in this moment and say, Here I am, God. Here I am. What would you do in me? What would you have me do? What, what is it, God, that, that you've called me to do? And in this moment, God, as you say, I am the great shepherd, we accept that. See, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, some of you won't accept his leading and his guidance. 
And that's the problem. There's a hesitation. He's, he's putting it in front of you and saying, take my hand, I'll lead you, I'll guide you, but you won't do it. You won't let him have it. I encourage you to let go of whatever that is this morning that won't let you let him be your great shepherd. He wants so desperately to fulfill his role that he came to do, but he needs you to do your part. And so, Jesus, we, we pray and we ask you right now that you would break down that barrier and those walls that are inside of us that won't allow us to be led. God, I, I pray that broken down right now in the name of Jesus that, that, that we would completely surrender our lives to you. We cannot take care of ourselves. We will be snatched up if we try to do this on our own. But with you, Jesus, as our great shepherd, you provide that protection and it will come and it, 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 will, it will mend the things inside of our lives that desperately need mending the, the brokenness, God. There are people here, right here in the front of this church this morning, Jesus, that, that are brokenness in their lives. But you're the great shepherd and you mend the brokenness. There are people here that need healing and you're the great healer. That's what a shepherd does is he, he puts salve where it needs to be put. He brings ointment, he brings oils, he gives medicine where it needs to be brought so that the healing can come. I pray the healing of the Holy Spirit to come into this place and into these people today. Some of these folks are lost. They don't know where they're going and they're distraught. They're a sheep that is straying. I pray, Jesus, that as you have now called them to come here, that they will find themselves found in Jesus' name. That they will find themselves found in Jesus' name. See, we don't have to leave this place lost. We don't have to leave this place today uncertain. The great shepherd is here. The great shepherd is here. Would you just lift your hands like palms open to the sky and receive whatever it is he has for you today? It's different for everybody in the room. But because he's so good and because he's the great shepherd and knows who you are, he's given you exactly what you need right now. We worship you today, Jesus. We worship you today, Jesus. If you need to do business with God, would you just stay here and do that? We're not in a hurry. We don't have anywhere to go. I'd rather be here with you praying and, and waiting on God. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.